0: So today we are going to be wrapping up a sermon series, a message we've been doing. This will be part four. We've been on it for four weeks already, titled Do It For A Day, Making and Breaking Habits. We've been using a book, a a daily devotional, 30-day daily devotional, uh, titled with the same message by Pastor Mark Battison. And who's been reading this book along with your fast? Keep them hands up. Keep them hands up. The rest of y'all that haven't got your hands, you're hit. You're hit. You're on the You're on the hit list. If you ain't got your hand raised, you're the one missing out. You're the one missing out. Y'all, this book has been life-changing. Uh, I've been growing so much. Just just uh, look up Pastor Mark Batterson. He's just a super mighty man of God, has so much wisdom. And uh, just this this fast has gone by so fast this year. The fast has gone by fast. That was corny. <laughs> Amen. But uh, I want to go ahead and, and tell you congratulations Because today is already day 21. You made it. Did you even know that? Give yourselves a hand. Tell your neighbors, say, man, good job. You survived. It wasn't that bad, right? 21 days, it just flew by. Now, this book is a 30-day devotional. So at the Westbrook house, the Lord has not released me yet from some things I'm fasting from. Somebody say, oh. So I will not be breaking my fast tonight. Because the Lord hasn't released me. So uh, if the Lord has released you today because it's 21 days, praise God. Break that fast. Celebrate who he is tonight. But hey, if he hasn't released you yet, maybe God wants to continue to cultivate some new healthy things for the rest of this year. Amen. Because he's not done yet. And if he hasn't said, given you the word yet, then okay, God then that, what else do you want to do? What else do you want to do in and through me? And, and so I'm excited. I, I, I hope and pray you're excited. I hope and pray you grew through, through this fast this year. It really did go so quick. Well, so we're going to close this out today, okay? And so but let's look at that, that uh, foundational scripture that we've been using each and every week throughout this whole sermon series. It comes out of Ephesians, right? Chapter 5, verses 15 through 17. We really use this to just kind of build... A foundation of, of what we're trying to do for the rest of this year somebody say rest of the rest of this year okay we got a whole year ahead of us and we 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 get victory at the end of the year by how we live daily do you know that we got to do it for a day we got to get victory day by day by day and then we conquer the year amen but so ephesians five fifteen through 17 it says this so be careful how you live don't live like fools but live like those who are wise Verse 16 says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Church, let's redeem every opportunity in these evil days. Let's let the Lord redeem every relationship in these evil days. Let's let the Lord redeem every gift and talent and resource that God has already, somebody say already, bless you with. Let Him redeem those things so that God's kingdom can come to earth. Heaven can come to earth. When we release, submit, surrender those things unto the Lord. It can redeem those things, work in and through those things, use those things to facilitate personal growth, spiritual growth, and growth all around us. Amen. So that's the foundational scripture we've been using. Look at that first point. It's kind of a recap point of why we're doing this message, why we've been talking about what we've been talking about last few weeks. And so we said our goal for 2022 is to make and break habits that create margin and empower us to live on mission for the glory of God. Are there any empowered Christians in the house today? Just one? Just one hand in the back? Just Aunt Teresa back there? for Aunt Teresa? I hope and pray you're walking in power. If you're not living in joy and peace in who Jesus Christ is, you're probably not walking in power. You're powerless because you forgot where your power comes from. And so we want to create margins. Figure out what I'm good at. Figure out what I'm not good at. Figure out what the Lord has blessed me with. Figure out what the Lord ain't blessed me with yet. Somebody say yet. Just because you don't have it now doesn't mean it can't come to you in his name. And so we create margins to set up a path and a plan for victory. To have victory this year, you need a victory for today. And to have victory today, you got to have a plan today. The best plan for you today is to know his plan for your life. I've already said his plan for you this morning when we were praying and worshiping. Jeremiah 29:11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for a future and a hope. I don't know about you, but I want a good future, and I want a good hope, not just for me, but for my family, for our church, for those that I love, for those that I care about, my past customers that I have Monday through Friday. Amen. Everyone I come in contact with, I want God's plan and purpose for their life because I love them that much. If he did that for me, he can do it for anyone. So we want to be empowered people that live intentionally. We want to live empowered and live intentional on purpose for the kingdom of God, on purpose for spreading the gospel, on purpose for discipling those in the word of God, discipling our families in truth, who thinks we need more truth in the world? <laughs> Got some more hands on that one. Guess how we bring more truth? Us, you, me. Look at your neighbor. Say it's you. You. That's how we bring truth into the world. We need trumpets of truth. So we want to be empowered, to live on mission this next year to bring glory to the Father. Amen, that next point. So we've been reading this book, and I hope and pray you've been reading it. And Pastor Mark does such a great job each day throughout the fast to give a, an encouraging word as we're learning and growing and making and breaking habits. And, and, and throughout about every three or four days, he, he inserts a, a habit that we need to, to make. And so we're going to cover three of those habits that he, he also writes about in the book. And so the first one today we're going to talk about is fly the kite. He calls it flying the kite. It's, it's, a, it's a thing that we need to cultivate in our life. And so if we, he he explains like this, if we do the little things like they're big things, God will do big things like they're little things. Man, that's some good news, ain't it? Because don't we focus on the big things in life? Like, God, I need you to do this big thing. Like, I got this big hurt. It's just staring me in the face every single day. And all I can see is the hurt. Or I got this, 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 this. This other big thing, and maybe it's a relationship, it's just staring me at the face all day long. And God, I need you to do this. And God, I need you to, 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 to answer this prayer. I got this, this, this big thing. But if we would focus on the little prompts, the little Holy Spirit nudges, day by day, decision by decision, Pastor Mark calls it decision stacking. I make a decision to know that no matter what, God is still good. That no matter what, I'm still going to believe. That no matter what, I'm still going to love like Jesus loved. That no matter what, I'm still going to forgive like Jesus forgave. And if I do it step by step, little by little, the big thing will happen. And, And I'm blinded by the big thing. I hope and pray you have Big, big God-sized uh, prayers that you need him to answer. But we've been talking about this every week, right? We all actually play a part in coming alongside God to help him answer those big prayers that we need him to answer for us, right? We need God to do the super, but there's a natural thing that you and I can do as we wait, as we pray, as we fast. It might be as simple as just saying, God's saying just, Zip it. (laughs) Just just zip your mouth and listen to me and trust me and just do what I told you to do last time. Some of you are like, God, I can't hear you. God, I don't know what to do. And he's probably like, because you still haven't done the last thing I told you to do 10 days ago. Pastor Marky has another thing. He says, delayed obedience is disobedience. When you just say, I'm not going to do it yet, I'm not ready yet, God. That's disobedience. Blessings precede obedience. I said it backwards. But obedience precedes blessings, but you can still say it the other way. Blessings precedes your obedience. You need to be obedient first. And then maybe he'll begin to do these big things for us. Look at Luke 16.10. Y'all know this one. What does it say? It says, one who is faithful in very little, will also be faithful in much. And one who is dishonest with little will be also dishonest with much. So I need to be faithful in the little things, the little prompts, the little moments before the Lord. See, I don't know about you, but man, I want God to do more in my life. God, bring it on. I want more people in the seats at Liberty Church. I want to have more nuggets from the Word of God. I want to have more wisdom from the Word of God. I want to have more little baby Westbrooks running around. I want to have more finances for my family. I want to have more, more, more. And I want, I want all those things to be in the will of God. Does anybody else want some more this year? Are you passing the test? How are you honoring God with what He's already given you? It's okay to want more, but He ain't gonna give it to you according to His Word, Luke sixteen ten, unless you're being faithful with what He's already set before you. Are you tracking the money that you're blessed with every single week? Are you blowing it? Do you have a plan? You say one of my goals is I want to get out of debt, but do you have a plan? Getting out of debt is not just going to happen. Do you know that? You have to be diligent with your flocks, the word says. Back in the day, your your money, everything you had was your flocks, your herds, your cattle. That was your everything. And so for us modern-day Christians, the dollars are everything. Well, it's not our everything. God's our everything. But we need money to live. It's a tool, right? And so are you passing the test? If you need more money... Are you being faithful with what you have? Are you honoring God in the tithe? Are you honoring God with with giving back what he's given to you? Right? Are you being faithful with the family that God has given you? Maybe your prayer is, I really want to get launched into ministry. I got all these ideas. I want to start this ministry or this ministry. But are you discipling your family when you get home from work? Are you praying together as a family? Be faithful in the little first. Somebody say first. If we're faithful in the little first, God will give us more. I mean, look at that next point. Just kind of expound on that thought of what flying the kite means. Flying the kite is is how we take small steps, okay? And so, but the rest of this point, it says, flying the kite means that we take small steps, but we recognize how we do anything is how we do everything. How you do anything, no matter what it is, if it's doing your work, if it's mopping the floors at home, if it's cooking, preparing food for your family, if it's doing ministry, how you do one, the amount of effort you put in one is probably the same amount of effort you put in everything else. Right? Little things matter, and so little by little we grow stronger, wiser, and better. As you continue to just do the little things in excellence, when the big things come, you'll do those in excellence. It has to start in the little things. And the Lord was just kind of reminded me, when we focus when we focus on the little things and do them in excellence, we we live in the will of God and we give God our best and we see that we can enjoy the journey of the process because we can't just turn it on, turn it off. When we turn it on and when we turn it off, we rob God of speaking to us, moving through us in the midst of the journey in the process of life. There's so many God moments, God words that He wants to do in and through you all through the day. It doesn't matter the time of the day. And and if if we're we're giving our all in certain things and we're reserving, conserving energy, time, resource, whatever it is, you fill in the blank, on other things and then storing them up and using them on, uh, on other things, in the eyes of God, that's, that's backwards. God wants us to be all in all the time with everyone with, on everything so that we can we set the top. That's what we want to do. We want to redeem all opportunities, every opportunity. And so what if it's that one thing that you skimp on or that one relationship that you, maybe there's a, a, a divine meeting God wanted you to have, with somebody at a store that day. You're standing in line. You ever notice nowadays you go to a store and there's just not enough workers. Wherever you go, you're going to stand in line. <laughs> and you're usually standing in line next to other people, right? And I can stand there and just ignore everybody and just swipe my phone or get disgruntled or get stressed out and why it's not taking, it's not taking, it's not being quick enough. Maybe in those moments, God wants us to Maybe just meet other people. You know, it doesn't matter if you're standing in line waiting for your food. It doesn't matter if you're doing your job. It doesn't matter if you're driving in your car. If we're focused on God, if we're sensitive to his voice, sensitive to his Holy Spirit, God will do things in your life. It's that plain and simple. You have to be sensitive. you got to be hungry. Somebody say hungry. you got to be hungry and thirst for righteousness, it says. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they will be filled. Man, I feel like the world is just running on empty. Christians running on empty. It's because we're hungering and thirsting for all the wrong things, guys. Hungering and thirsting for all the wrong things. God says, if you hunger and thirst for me in my presence, you will be filled. If you're empty today, it's because you've been filling yourself with all the wrong things. And you don't need me to tell you what they are. You've got the Holy Spirit's showing you what they are now. Be filled with His presence. Amen? Here's the thing. Flying a kite is how we learn to fall in love with the process of God and the process that He has us in. When we fall in love with the process, we see our life as a process and not just a destination. I get we're all trying to get certain places here's the thing if you can't enjoy where you currently are you want to enjoy where you end up you ever heard a story about the dude somebody say the dude the dude was stressed out he needed a vacation he's like I just need to change the scenery I'm, I'm booking myself a vacation booked himself a vacation in the Bahamas got to the Bahamas guess what he was just as miserable when he left because his old self was there waiting on him when he got there. When you can't enjoy where you currently are, you won't enjoy where you end up. Do you see that? We have to enjoy where God has placed us right now. And there are plenty of things for us to be joyful about, to be hopeful for, to have peace about. There are things, but you, you have to it's like working out you you've got to work those spiritual muscles work those spiritual prayers work your spiritual hands by opening your spiritual book right and when we do that we can enjoy where we are and then when god blesses you guess what you'll get to enjoy the blessing when it comes look at exodus 23 30 and i kind of want to elaborate on this thought we're talking about y'all remember the israelites right where were they where were they enslaved at In Egypt, right, by the Egyptians, God sends Moses to go deliver them. So in a day, he delivers the nation of Israel. But do you notice that their freedom wasn't complete? He delivered them in a day, but they were still spiritually bound, right? So God God can save us. He can deliver us in a day, but your complete freedom and healing takes little by little by little. Right? I want to read uh, Exodus twenty three thirty. It says, little by little, I will drive them out before you until you have increased, and then there you will inherit the land. Then there you will inherit the land, the promise, the promised land, the thing that you're praying and asking God to do. God says, don't lose sight, don't lose hope. Don't stop doing the spiritual things. Don't stop praying. Don't stop reading the word. Don't stop going to small group. Don't stop going to celebrate. Don't stop going to church on Sunday. Keep doing the little things daily, little by little by little, and you'll enter into the promise. You will enter into the promise. Amen? Look at that next one. The next habit that we need to, to make and break that Pastor Mark says is the habit of cutting the rope. It says, playing it safe is risky. Have you ever thought of it like that? If you just never take any risks, your biggest blessings may never happen. The hardest the, the things that bless us the most are the hardest things that we do. It says, Our greatest regrets will not be our failures at the end of the day, but missed opportunities the things we could have, should have done. At the end of the day, at the end of your life, if you get to look back, you most likely won't miss the opportunities that you you failed at. You'll regret the opportunities that you didn't take. You'll regret the opportunities and the relationships that you have. If you have broken relationships, at the end of the day, you're going to wish you did something to fix them before you leave this place. If you have a God-sized dream for a ministry or a business opportunity and you've had that dream for 10, 20, 30 years and at the end of the day, you never you never pull the trigger. You never you never trust God and say, okay, God, I'm going to do this. At the end of the day, you'll regret that. You're going to say, I, I live my life and I... I didn't do that, and now I don't have another opportunity. Use today, use this year for the Lord to redeem every opportunity that already sets before you, right? Cutting the rope, it it means this. We're not supposed to say this in church, but we say it all the time, especially here at Liberty Church. It means letting go and letting God. I'm glad y'all ain't asleep yet. Means letting go and letting God. I'm cutting a rope. I'm cutting ties to anything that's killing me. hmm I'm cutting ties to anything that's stealing from me. hmm I'm cutting ties to anything that's robbing from me. Tell your neighbor, hmm John 10:10 says, What? The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I come that you may have life. And life abundantly. Why are you letting that little thing continue to stress you out, rob, kill, steal, and destroy everything that it touches? Jesus says, turn to me. Cut the rope. That's really what the Lord wants us to do when we cut the rope. He wants us to cut anything that is holding us back. And we want to hold on to these things. Why? Why? Is it the familiarity? Is it the is it the habit is it the addiction? Is it does it make me feel good to feel bad? Some people are addicted to feeling bad, you know that? Nobody else can be happy because they're miserable. And if I'm miserable, they better be miserable, right? Is that God? No. The Holy Spirit wants to come in and heal that hurt and help you. But you got to cut the rope. You got to stop trying to find help. You got to stop Doing whatever you're doing on your own strength, on your own wisdom. You gotta you gotta invite somebody into your inner circle and confess some of this stuff. Stop trying to do it alone. Because when you're alone, you know the most dangerous place for a sheep to be? Alone. Most dangerous place for a sheep to be is alone. We're called to be sheep. We're supposed to, we're called to run in a flock. We're gonna talk about that at the end of this today. The importance of relationship and running and and doing our faith together. Look at 1 John 4.4. It says, You are of God, little children. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is than he who is in the world. you got to stop second-guessing God and stop short-changing yourself. Remember what God has done for you already. Remember what you believe. Remember where God has taken you. And don't second guess who you are and the gifts and talents that you have and the opportunities that God has laid before you. Remember who you are. You're a child of God, you're a child of the Most High. God doesn't want you to be miserable. If you're hurting, He's hurting. He loves you. He's for you. And greater is he that is in you, that is he who is in the world. The thing is, you got to remind yourself, this isn't my temporary, this ain't my permanent home. This is my temporary holding place. And so I can't be of the world. I'm in it, right? But I'm of the kingdom of God. Come on, somebody. I'm in the world, but I'm from a different place. Come on, somebody. I'm highly called, I'm highly favored, I'm highly anointed in Jesus' name. Look at the next one. Let's expound a little bit on what cutting the rope means. It means stepping out in faith, point blank. Stepping out in faith. It's declaring enough is enough. When is enough going to be enough for you? It's picking a fight and declaring war on the thing that has held you in bondage. The power of sin has been broken. The power of the Holy Spirit has been given. Enough is enough. Tell your neighbor, enough is enough. When is enough going to be enough? When is that thing that has been killing, stealing, destroying, and robbing from you going to be enough? As most of you know, I'm a a pest guy. I do pest control. (laughs) If I do your pest control, go ahead and raise your hand. Man, look at all these hands. If you ain't got your hand raised, you in the wrong again. you on the hit list again. Come see me or one of those awesome folks that raise their hand. I kill their bugs, I kill their mice. Well, I try my best anyway. Amen. But what I wanted to say is one of the things that breaks my heart, man, I see this over and over and over again. I go to, I have quite a handful of customers, and I don't want this to turn into an anti smoking message, but uh, I feel like the Holy Spirit asked me to share this to kind of just illustrate a point. You go to their house, and they're bad off. They need oxygen. They got the signs, you know, you ever seen those? Oxygen in use. And you go inside, and they are in there. They got their their canisters of oxygen. And what are they doing? Man, I don't know what's up with the microphone. My watch? Sorry about that, especially if you're watching online. But So you go in their home and they have all their canisters of oxygen and what are they doing? They're smoking. It breaks my heart. And the Lord just kind of impressed them. That's what we do with our sins. Our secret sins. The writing's on the wall. Heck, some of us got signs. This is killing you. But yet I can't stop. I can't love. I can't forgive. When is enough going to be enough? If you get to that place and enough is not enough, cry out to God. Some of us need to cry out to God and say, I'm done. We say this all the time in Celebrate recovery, right? I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I need something new. I need something fresh. I I don't care how painful it's going to be, God. Lead me out of this mess. And greater is He that is in you than He who's in the world. If you tap into Him and His Holy Spirit and who He is, He will lead you out of that mess. I want to talk to you about somebody who was sick and tired of, uh, of enough being enough, and his name's David. Anybody know David from the Bible? And uh, look at First Samuel seventeen forty-five to forty-seven. He's about to confront Goliath. Did y'all know Goliath had been been the, 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 the thorn in the side of the Israelites been holding them captive, and nobody wanted to fight him, and he was a bully. And David said, you know what, enough is enough. Right? And so I want to read this passage, 45. It says, then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. I want you to say that with me. But I come with, to you in the name of the Lord. Remind yourself that every day. No matter what problems facing you, no matter who's talking, to what I come to you in the name of the Lord. I'm a believer, so I represent the Lord, right? David knew this. He says, the God of the armies of Israel to whom you have defied, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take a, your head from you. And this day I will give you the carcass of the, of the camp of the Philistines to the birds and of the air and of the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword or spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and He will give it into our hands. Say this with me. The battle is the Lord's. The battle that you're in is the Lord's lords and if you remind the lord that it's his battle you will experience victory you will experience victory now you can keep fighting it your own way or you can let the lord fight it for you david honored god and guess what he cast that uncircumcised philistine down right I love. they said, You are an uncircumcised Philistine. He knew who he was, he knew who his God was. He didn't second guess his God. He didn't second guess himself. He said, I come in the name of the Lord, and the battle is the Lord's. You gotta get fired up. Where you're at. You gotta get fired up and begin to to to, to take the fight to the enemy and stop letting the enemy dictate your life. David was sick and tired of the uncircumcised Philistines dictating his nation, dictating his family, dictating the ones he loved and cared about, and he did something about it. He did a righteous thing. He did a holy thing, and he relied on the one, and the one showed up. Hallelujah. Can we get a praise report? Amen, right? He showed up and showed out, and victory was had. Look at that next point. We're moving on. The last one we're going to get to today. Another habit Pastor Mark talks about that we need to do in cultivating new and, and bad habits Cultivating new habits and breaking bad habits is we got to seed the clouds. What does that mean, Pastor? We're going to tell you. We have to sow today what we want to see tomorrow. We must live every day with prophetic imagination. And, and Pastor Mark does such a great job, if you've been reading the book, about having as adults, as grown-ups, having a prophetic imagination, having a belief that God is going to take us to greater and better. Right? Seeding the clouds, it means we're heaven-minded. The things that we do are for a greater purpose. We think of heaven on a regular basis, on a daily basis. I act the way I act. I live the way I live because I'm living for a greater kingdom, for a greater king. Seeding the clouds means I live for Heaven. And hey, your tomorrow, think of it like this, is depending on today's victory. Have you ever thought of it like that? Your tomorrow is depending on the victory that you have or don't have today. If you fail today, tomorrow fails. If you're miserable today, you're probably going to be miserable tomorrow. If you find victory today, you'll find victory tomorrow. It, it, it You set yourself up for success. And how we plan for tomorrow is in today. And so what does that mean? Spiritually, I have to sow. The Bible says we reap what we sow. So I have to decision stack. I have to continue to do the next right thing. If I do it, I come in the name of the Lord, and the battle is the Lord's. If I do it in that manner, in that way, and I sow by faith, and I sow by love, and I sow by peace and forgiveness, then I will reap those things. In my future destination, they await me, just like planting seeds for a tomato or planting seeds for whatever else. Give me something—a green pepper. What do we plant, Holly Pond? Boiled peanuts, Uh, okra. If I don't plant the seed, am I going to enjoy the fruit of eating that two, three months later? No. If you don't plant, you don't get to enjoy. So if we don't sow now, you don't get to enjoy in the future. We have to sow today. Look at Hebrews 11, 1, 3. Y'all know it. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence, things unseen. First, by the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were made of things which were not visible. God's the creator, right? And it says in the beginning that he began to create. He formed, he formed everything from things that were not yet formed. Have you thought of that before? God said, let there be light, but he was in darkness. I've shared this with our church before. If any one of us would have put ourselves in God's shoes in that moment, we'd have been in the dark abyss, right? And this is how we would have prayed. Man, God is dark in here. We would call what we see, right? What did God do? He called what he wanted. He said, let there be light, and there was light. So for some of you in the midst of your pro- problem, your trial, your test, whatever it is, you fill in the blank. You're praying the problem. You, you, you need to get a, a creative prophetic proclamation of what has not yet happened and declare it as though it already has. Are you picking up what I'm throwing down? You have to pray the things that have not yet happened as though that they already have and lean on to him and pray and fast and wait and it will happen for you. It will. Amen? Look at that that next point. Our natural neurological tendency as we age, as we get old, somebody say old, is we begin to live from memory, right? Instead of creativity. We repeat the past instead of creating the future. We stop living by faith and instead live by logic. Isn't it funny how we tell our kids, use your imagination. get creative. We cultivate that for our kids and our grandkids, right? Get creative. And then when it comes to us, we think it's just something we have to grow out of. And for you to spiritually thrive, you're going to need to spiritually be creative and spiritually pray prophetically for what you want God to do in your life. You're going to have to spiritually pray and prophetically decree in a creative way of what God is going to do for you in the future. Amen? Last thing I want to say that say on that point is Living for God means we're not trapped in a box. You've put God in a box. You've put your problem in a box. You've put God and the problem in the box. But if I'm to be creative and I'm, I'm, I'm to prophetically pray and decree and, and declare who God is and, and what he says... I need to stop telling God about my problems and start telling my problems about who my God is. And I just borrowed that from Pastor Mark Batterson. He says that in this book, too. If you like nuggets, man, you need to read this book. You need to stop. Telling God about your problem. He already knows it's there. He already knows how big it is. He already knows how you've disobeyed. He already knows what you have done, what you haven't done. He knows all about the problem. What you need to do is start getting creative and prophetically declaring to the problem who your God is. And when you do that, something will shift. Something will happen. And heaven meets earth. Earth. Amen. That next point. Seeing the clowns also means surrounding ourselves with the right people. Every relationship is an investment into our future. A church is a community of faith that spurs us into love and into good works. So we need relationships. We cannot find ourselves in a destination, make it to a divine place. We can't get to the divine promise alone. You can't get to a divine place on your own, alone. We need people. We need good, faith-filled Christians, spirit-filled Christians, people that I can trust. It will take an army. It'll take an army for us all to see victory. Hebrews 10, 23 through 25, it says, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Just as just as you need encouragement, so does your neighbor. Just as you need that hope, so does your neighbor. Your brother, your sister in Christ, just as you're hurting, I'd say the people that people that you know are hurting, going through things, And if we would just let our walls down to people that you can trust now, don't just spew your junk to anybody, but somebody that you can really trust that you know is going to pray for you, who's going to fight for you, who's going to speak life into you. We need those relationships to help us go to the next place, to come out of that season and get into the promised land, to come out of that that place, right? It's going to take an army As we do it together, we must encourage each other, guys. That last point, seeing the clouds means prophesying through praise and choosing adventure. It's a commitment to praise God in the pit or the palace. It's a daily decision to choose life and the adventure that comes from following Jesus. Did you know that life is a series of highs and lows? Y'all say that with me. It's a it's a life is a series of highs and lows. You gotta understand that. Life is a journey, not a destination. So if you're in a low, you may think this is where I am, this is my life, this is who I am. It's because you're looking at your life all wrong. You're not looking at your life as a journey, as an adventure, you're looking at it as a destination. Highs and lows come. I borrowed this from a pastor, his name's Chad Veach. And every night at dinner, when he sits down with his family, they share their highs and lows of the day. And I borrowed that, I've been using that, and caught Pastor Jessica off guard a little bit. But I think she likes it, and we're going to try and keep doing it. I share the highs. What were your highs today? I share my highs. What was the bad part of my, I share my lows. Life's a series of highs and lows. And how you respond in either situation is an opportunity for you to either give God glory or to have a pity party, right? When I think of highs and lows, I can't help but think of Joseph. Y'all remember Joseph, know who he is? He was one of Jacob's sons. Jacob, the one that God turned his name into, from Jacob to Israel, he wrestled God. And Joseph, he's the one that had the fancy coat, you know, like from Gucci. And his brothers were all jealous. He was the one that had prophetic dreams. And what they do, they sold him into slavery. They literally cast him into a pit. And he had a journey. He got sold into slavery. Worked his way up into one of the Pharaoh's houses. And the Pharaoh's wife wanted to have Joseph. And he, he honored God. He didn't do what she wanted, and so he got thrown into another pit, into prison for doing the right thing. And eventually somebody came and asked him to interpret a dream for him. He did it perfectly for the pharaoh, and then that guy forgot about him, and he stayed in the pit even longer. And eventually the new pharaoh needed his dream interpreted, and he interpreted it the right way, and he found himself the second in command of Egypt into the palace. And guess what? Joseph's view of who his father was never changed. His God was the same in the pit as it was when he was in the palace. Somebody's in the pit today. And I understand when you're in the pit, you need God. And so can God be the same in the pit as it is when you reach that place. Can you continue to give him honor? Amen, because life is a journey. It's a process. It's not a destination. Amen. God's good no matter if I'm in the palace or if I'm in the pit. His promises are still yes and amen in my life. Jesus still loves me. Jesus is still for me. Jesus still forgives me. Jesus is still for me. Greater is he that is in me than is in the world. Amen. Y'all pray with me. What I want to do is if you're here today, either in our sanctuary or watching us online, I don't know where you are today. I hope you're in a good place. Maybe you're not. As I've been talking and preaching today, maybe all you can think about is where you currently are. And wherever that is, if you are there without Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that's the most depressing place to be, the most desperate place to be. I want to tell you that you don't have to do life alone anymore. You can enjoy your life. God wants to forgive you of your past. He wants to redeem your future. And He wants to set you free today. He wants to set you free today. So if you want to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior today, I want you to do something for me. Here in a moment, I want you to stand up, physically stand up in the sanctuary. If you want to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, if you're watching online, I want you to put something in the chat. Say, I'm making that decision or I'm standing up at home. I want to make Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. If you are saved, I want you to please pray right now for the lost. Please pray. We all know somebody that's lost. and so. But I want to ask you right now, if you want to make that decision, the time has come. I want you to stand up, physically stand up to say, Pastor Ian, I hear what God's saying. I'm lost. I'm set apart right now from the kingdom of God. I want to be adopted into the family of God right now. I want to make that my prayer. I want to make that my decision today. I'll give you a few more seconds if you want to do that today. Amen. A few more seconds. Change your life. Praise God. Praise God. God. Well, no one is physically standing here at church, but someone could be doing this decision online. So I want to lead us on a prayer. I want to ask y'all to please repeat after me. Okay? It goes, Heavenly Father. God, we love you. We now accept your Son. We believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world, and we now confess that he is Lord and Savior of my life. Holy Spirit, come, fill me, and empower me to live for you every day of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 If you got something from the Lord today, give him a shout this morning. Amen. Praise God. Well, hey, we love you very much. We're so glad y'all came today and did church with us. Hey, okay, y'all are now officially excused. I guess y'all are dismissed. Enjoy the rest.